Uh, is this thing on? Can you hear me? Welcome to the Gravity Lift Podcast, a mostly entertaining and at times informative place where we get to chat about all the things we love. Music and festival life, yoga and wellness, travel and adventure. We are your hosts, Jordan and Antonella. Crack open that cider. Oh, it's already cracked, baby. It's already crack-a-lackin'. Crack-a-lackin' in this biznatch. Are you going to keep that puffy coat on? Because it might get a little scritchy-scratchy in here. I'll take the puffy coat off. Do we turn the fridge off? Yeah. All these logistics. You guys can see behind-the-scene logistics. The BTS action. Learn that uh, phrase BTS from Mike Folden. BTS? Yeah, behind the scenes. Oh. When we were doing your Cody app video, it's a lot of BTS action. What else could BTS stand for? I don't know. What else do you want <laughs> BTS to stand for? Between the sheets. Oh. Ooh. That's what we could call this co- podcast. Mm. Between the sheets. Between the sheets. How about Jordan when, and Antonella. Yeah, when it's how about just you when and it's I. just you and I. It's okay. a Between the Sheets episode. BTS. I like it. I like it. Inspired by Mike Bolden. <laughs> That's a little weird. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for inspiring our between the sheets moment. Well, I mean, the <laughs> gift that him and Priya got us. Oh, God. That inspires behind the scenes between the sheets. <laughs> okay, so podcast. It's podcast time. Podcast time. But it's just me and you. Yeah. Unfortunately, our guests this week had to bail last minute, which happens in the podcasting world and so we're just gonna roll with it and do an episode with the two of us i was still in the mood we were coming home we just got done with an awesome day with noise complaint crew and doing our self-care sunday i got to teach yoga you got to dj the yoga and then you also got to do a set with the noise complaint crew which was awesome that was great but we had it planned for our day to do a podcast and when things shift and change you can go with the flow or you can abandon ship and we definitely had that moment where i was like do we get stoned and lay in bed and watch movies no no not today maybe maybe after (laughs) yeah maybe in a little bit instead it's podcast time so what i do want to do is um take this time to like ask each other some questions some get to know you time i feel like i kind of know you Bitch, you don't know me. <laughs> you ain't been through what I've been through. So there's um, a podcast that I like to listen to a lot, The Tim Ferriss Show. And he's kind of dry, but I sort of like that aspect of him. But he, he has a lot of go-to questions that he asks guests. And I was thinking it'd be fun that we could ask each other those questions. Are you down? Let's do it. So the one logistics thing that I didn't plan for... Because yeah. we decided last second to do this live. <laughs> so and so all the questions are way over there on my phone. So if you're watching this live, also, if you're commenting, we Wait. can't interact with you because I my phone's way over there. So I'll answer the stuff later. That's why we got to get that Mevo thing so we can live stream it and you can respond on your phone. Uh, and, but, uh, but just give me your phone. I'll look up the questions well, on your phone. That or we can look it up on the computer. Oh, fuck yeah. Do that. Which I guess is like... Just type in... Logistically, Tim- I can turn around, but you're going to not have the... Uh, the phone's not going to be able to see me. That's okay. You'll just pull them up and then we can read them from here. So just type in Tim Ferriss podcast questions. And I think there's like a list of 11 of his go-tos. Usually our podcasts are very free-flowing, conversational, just like 
vibe with our guests and but see this where time it's going. we're gonna entirely just plagiarize tim ferris not plagiarize <laughs> inspire <laughs> he's inspired so many people to do podcasts he's badass in that way yeah there you I, go i like it's hard because i like wanted to love tim ferris because i love all the people he has and whatnot he's but too like dry, he's dry yeah yeah he's too dry for you I, I have to be in the mood for his stuff it's pretty it's <sighs> do you just, get do you get between the sheets when you're in the mood no oh damn <laughs> Not that kind of mood. I have to be in a very like, mm, I don't know, cerebral mood. Let's see. How do I? So just scroll down and there'll be uh, a list of questions. Oh, I mean, we're scrolled. Are you? Can see them. Are you? Oh, you, okay. So go for it. Read me the first one. Ask away, baby. What I was trying to remember how to do is how to zoom. Oh. As, I don't know. I have one of these magic mouses isn't up in the upper right hand how do you zoom on a map <laughs> well i know how answer on our facebook feed and then we will see it in about two hours <laughs> <laughs> i know how to on a uh on a trackpad oh but i don't remember on this because i don't have the ability to like expand but can you read those uh it doesn't matter you can so you read it to me okay <laughs> <laughs> you read which one just start at the beginning let's do them all and then if we get to one we can't do we'll use our safe word what's your safe word uh, i don't know we don't really have a safe word i've, I've always just gone with pineapple oh okay yeah pineapple's your safe word yeah because it's a big spiky object and just imagining <laughs> that going into your butt and you're what? like pineapple <laughs> pineapple that's too far <laughs> okay well, what should mine be uh should it know. also be food related? It's up to you, girl. Uh, my safe word is arugula. Arugula? Why? I don't know. It's just spicy. Sometimes it's too spicy for me. So if we get to something that's too spicy, I'm out. What are you doing? You getting rid of the questions? Wait, arugula is spicy? It tastes spicy to me. What? Like a jalapeno? No, no, no. Just like out of all the greens, it's kind of got some kick to it. Like bitter greens. Huh. I guess bitter is a better word than spicy. It's more relevant. Yeah, it's like <laughs> spicy. Well, I was, tr I was trying to read it up here and it says uh, to zoom in, you just press the control key and scroll up with the mouse everybody but. on our facebook feed right now just do control scroll up and we can't read it's it. it's not working don't worry right. about it just leave so, it as it what new belief behaviors or habits adopted within the last five years have most positively impacted your life beliefs behaviors or habits in the last five years so okay. since i've known you <laughs> actually i was just talking about this at dinner with Virginia and Jason. Um, a big shift that has happened for me is that when I come to a conflict moment with somebody that I don't see eye to eye with, and let's just keep this super hypothetical because I don't really want to like divulge this recent conflict that I got in, but let's say I get into a moment with somebody um, in the past, my thought process would have been, I'm out. Peace. Peace. Like, I don't have time to educate you, to change your mind. You and I don't align, so I'm going in this direction, you're going in that direction. And I would just, like, make my way either out of the conversation or sometimes even totally out of the relationship. And I think a big shift that I've been going through is 
taking a breath and discerning whether or not that person is open to leveling up and changing and evolving uh. and whether or not I'm willing to go down that path with them. And the difference between the old me and the new me is the old me would either be like, I felt like that was my job and I had to like fix or change the person or fuck it, I don't have time to deal with you. Figure your own shit out, I'm, I'm gone. And so now I've kind of figured out, a big shift has been that I figured out there's an in-between that I can help use who I am to help guide and teach other people in a crafty sort of way. Um without me having to fix them and without me having to say, I, I don't have time for this. So that I've figured out an in-between point for me. Nice. It's been helpful in uh, work relationships for sure, where I'm used to being self-employed and like it's my way or the highway. And I would say in the last, like, especially the last four years, I think just working together, like you and I connecting and working together has uh, helped me figure out how to be a better team player and not necessarily have to like, not that I was needing to run the show before, but I just was didn't have the time or the energy to help other people evolve. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm I'm seeing there's a middle ground. What about you? Yeah, I, mean, I feel like just playing off what you said, I tend to try to force people to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have your if you're wrong. Opinions. I'm going to tell you why you are wrong and attempt to change your mind. Right. Yeah. And in the past, would the would that be something that you would always go to bat on? Or were you ever just like, I, di- I can't do this conversation with you because I know it's not going to change, so I'm out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Kind of. Depends on how close to me that person is. Gotcha. If they're, if they're pretty on the outskirts of who I know, I'm like, yeah, fuck this person. What if it was in like a work situation? Like when you used to work at FedEx, for example, if there was somebody that you had to work or that was even your superior, like if you came to head with them on just the ways that they would communicate with you or maybe they're, um, maybe they're sexist or whatever, is it something that you were willing to put in the time to like build that relationship and hopefully help them grow and evolve? Or were you kind of like, fuck that guy. I don't like working with that guy. Usually along the lines of just fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Are you still that way? Do you think? Um, well, the interesting thing is that the majority of my immediate bosses have always been female. Oh, always every job I've had. Have you experienced like a not a discrimination, but have you felt judged being the pretty cute, like East side guy that you are? Have you ever felt like, I don't know, judged by a woman in a position above you? No, no, no. You've got your, my women boss has always been amazing. Nice. Like I've every single boss I've ever had. I've enjoyed, well, but, that's, work but that's, but really that's really I mean. well like, with females. Yeah. Too, though. That's the yeah. thing. And it's it's always been my immediate bosses though. Mm-hmm. There's always the higher up guys, depending on where they are, that I've not really been huge fans of in different ways along the lines. But overall, yeah, pretty much always been females and always worked well. I've never had sexist roles that I've had to deal with. I've never had to try to change people's mm-hmm. mindsets about things. Yeah, it's been pretty easy on that. How front. would you answer that question for yourself? Like, is oh, there anything like that you, what? like new habits or behaviors that you've taken on the last five years that you feel like have created a big shift? I can think of a couple, but I'm curious what you would come up with. Because the last five years have been pretty big for you. Yeah, there's been a lot of things. So I don't really know 
what specific behaviors or habits. I mean, I can I can name you the ones that I feel like would be the cliche ones that I should tell you, like meditation and floating and mindfulness. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, those things are there, but those things are kind of, uh, I mean, I guess it's a habit, but I haven't really secured the practice of meditation as a habit or the practice of floating as like an actual habit. So, I mean, like in terms right, of but lifestyle or for beliefs, sure. I mean, you yep. could think of of those things as mm, tools that you have that are in the yoga pocket. Like you found yoga, what, four years ago? Um, yeah. That was pretty life changing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's pretty sweet. It's almost been five years now, I think. I don't even know what year it is. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's probably been five years. Yeah. Crazy. Um... Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of good stuff, but I think the biggest one is just attempting to not try to control every situation, mm-hmm. knowing that it's outside of your control. It's like you said, in terms of trying to change someone, um, instead of even trying to change someone, it's trying to change the situation that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been taught that like you can do anything. You can, you know, you create your reality and these mm-hmm. like deep philosophical things that I delved into about how to change my perspective and how to be the person I want to be. But then there are definitely some moments where you have to let it go. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, not today. <laughs> well, it comes back to that expression of be the thermostat and not the thermometer. I love that. I keep that in the back of my mind all the time when I'm in situations that I feel like I'm being pushed into ways that I don't feel comfortable with. It's like, how do I create that shift and instead try to be the thermostat that um, creates the surroundings rather than myself being manipulated in the surroundings? Yeah. Well, you you change the temperature mm-hmm. instead of just saying what the temperature is. Yeah. Or being absorbed by it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you got there? This is our sponsor. For this podcast, the we Alter Ego Cider. No, we're not sponsored. But if you're interested in sponsoring, let me Guardian know. Guardian Angel. It's a blueberry pomegranate cider. It's pretty Yum. good. It has a, a lot of flavor to it. It's definitely a little much it's on the flavor It's a collaboration end. of Portland, Oregon winemakers who produce small handcrafted batches of hard cider with a focus on nuance, delicacy, and depth. Yeah, I like it. Can we see that? I don't know if you can <laughs> even see that. Ta-da. Ta-da. Okay, yum. Cheers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's good. By the time you graduate from high school, you've spent up to 80% of your in-person time with your parents. What? Really? Whoa. Is that the next question? No. Whoa. (laughs) Scroll on. (laughs) What's the next (laughs) question? I don't need to go on my parent route right now. This one is always tough for me, but what purchase of less than $100 has most improved your life? Mmm. Of less than a hundred dollars, mm, right? That's a good question. It's like, fuck, I don't know. Nothing we, in this room. Costs we buy less than $100. so many little things here and there. I guess. Mm, okay, I'm gonna go with this. Cumulatively, it probably costs more than a hundred dollars, but on the first time you buy it, it costs about twenty. I bought a tin of like really good organic. Um, matcha powder Mm. so you know like teas you usually think of a tea like in a tea bag and you steep it this is like straight up powder there's a lot of great medicinal benefits and 
I mix it up with my almond milk in the morning. I make a matcha latte. But the reason why it's most improved my life, as you know, I, being 100% Italian, love my coffee. I love espresso. I love lattes. And um, it's been really hard for me to quit coffee, but I just know my adrenal glands do not like coffee. My kidney issues do not like coffee. And so I keep like... For years, I tried to get on the whole green tea train with the little tea bags, and it just always tasted like grass to me. I was like, dirt. this doesn't even taste good. Tastes who, like dark. Who drinks green tea? But I have discovered that the straight up matcha powder, when you mix it with a little stevia and your almond milk, it's fucking delicious. So it has transformed my mornings where I used to like sit there and wow. just be sad that I couldn't have my coffee. Now I don't even feel that anymore. And it's just like a little bit of caffeine, but mm-hmm. it's not so much that it freaks my body out. Nice. I make them for you sometimes. Yeah. They're pretty tasty. And they don't taste like grass. <laughs> nope. Well, I'm going to throw mine out there. What is it? Um, mine is kind of a interesting one. It's literally like $100, but it's a moment lens. <laughs> and luckily, I've been fortunate enough to be able to try out many of the lenses for the price of one, because I have a beautiful friend, a couple beautiful friends uh, in the company. And I don't know, those lenses I love. I yeah. take lots of pictures with them. So had you ever tried out one of those type of like, it's a lens that you just screw on and you put on your phone, yeah. but it creates a way better picture quality. Yeah. Um, have you tried any before? Or was Moment your first? Oh, it was the first. Yeah. I tried other uh, lenses for like DSLR cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason I bring up the DSLR camera point is because I got a macro lens and it was a pretty cheap lens. And I was like, oh, sweet. And it showed up and it turns out it just clips onto your regular lens. Hmm. So it was kind of like this. Yeah. Where it was a couple hundred bucks and it was this like lens that like attached to the end of your 50 millimeter lens. So like when you were zoomed in, then it would like add in more of the zoom with like some crispiness. Mm-hmm. But it just never felt it wasn't a very close zoom. Yeah. Um, like I feel like I get even closer with the moment macro than I did with this other macro lens. And so it's kind of a similar idea that I'd play with, but I wasn't happy with how it turned out. Mm-hmm. And then being able to play with the moment lenses is great because they've got the the wide angle and then they've got the super fish, which mm-hmm. is like 170 degree field of view, which is crazy. Like it looks like a GoPro type picture, but instead of, yeah, it's like fisheye. Well, it's amazing you can put this little convenient lens on a phone and have the pictures look that good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah, their moment's definitely like the best mm-hmm. lens company out there for your cell phone, in my opinion. And lots of big people use them. He, uh, RJ sent me a sweet video recently. Some guy that has like a, like a full dolly setup where it like... Like, you know, our, you call it selfie stick or whatever mm-hmm. that you use to like set a tripod. And it's basically like a tripod that hooks up to your phone here and then has like gimbal weight mounts on it and stuff and like a road uh, recorder for sound and like wow. lenses you on it. And it's this. this whole like uh, gimbal style. And you're like, I want it all. Yeah, so cool. And that's going to cost you a little more than that $100. Yeah. <laughs> range. But I mean, worth it if, if, if it makes more sense to you to have that kind of gear for your phone because carrying around a DSLR is just not really in your what your life 
yeah lifestyle is then i, don't I would know, love to so you can get full frame shots mm-hmm. but since i don't yeah it's pretty cool what you can do yeah with your phone now so that'll be mine good investment otherwise buying a carboy and starting my own cider yeah that was under a hundred dollars it's like 40 bucks for a carboy and it's a cool experiment all the other yeah or we fun. just go buy the cider <laughs> no i got 10 gallons brewing right now mm. it's kind of fun do you want to next question ask this one or we've already asked this one before to people we've asked other people but i don't think we've asked each other this question i think we have, have but we? i don't know about on the podcast okay do you have one do you have a pre-planned answer for it well what's the question Oh, yeah, that's right. No one can see this. <laughs> they can't see the computer. Uh, what would you put on a billboard? What would I put on a billboard? Oh, here. Pass me the beer. Thanks. Um, what would I put on so a billboard? So if you were driving down the road mm-hmm. and there was a big sign and you wanted to advertise something, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be for profit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be anything. It could be a quote. What would you put on a billboard? I would probably go with the motto that took me through my surgery and through our acro training. (laughs) You are loved all is well. Like a lot of people just need that reminder, especially in traffic or when they're running behind (laughs) or late, just to see somebody out there. They don't know who made the billboard, but somebody that says you're loved and all is well. I think that it would feel like a message coming from the universe or the heavens or or exactly from somebody in their life that maybe they lost and isn't with them anymore. And it would feel like this message of like, oh. Like that's talking directly to me and it would just wrap people up in a big hug. So I'd love to put that out there. Nice. If you were, uh, had the ability to create any billboard you wanted in the middle of a busy, crazy intersection in Seattle, what would you, what would you put on it? I think I'd put on a bubble. A bubble? Like a picture of a bubble. Yeah. Bubbles make people happy. Just like a, like a 4K image. Mm. High res giant blown up image i like that because you don't need words you just have this bubble and that leads to all sorts of thoughts what is that why is there a bubble that's cool yeah i uh i follow this guy lucid dude on instagram that's his name lucid dude lucid dude and he uh he has like a bubble series that he's been doing and they're pretty sweet and i was on reddit one day and i saw one of his bubbles and i was like I know who that is. I know that guy. I know that guy. Where were we the other day? We were driving and we turned a corner and I was like, look, it's snowing. And you and your mom in the car were yeah, like, we what? Yeah, we were in downtown Redmond. And oh, yeah, in Redmond. We were driving in between two apartment buildings on this street. It was on Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. And you look up and there were just bubbles, bubbles filling the entire area between the two apartments. It looked like snow. It looked like snow. It looked like snow for a second. And then I was like, oh, yeah. Somebody on their balcony everywhere. was like blowing bubbles. But it was like, we have a bubble machine. We've yeah. used it. And the bubbles kind of get chaotic. Yeah. It they like, like bunch up in an area or they just end up like a big puddle somewhere. Yeah. But this was like the bubbles were just floating. It was perfect like temperature. Perfectly floating. Yeah. It was pretty sweet. And think about how happy that made you. Yeah. I feel like we should like along like, with your billboard, your bubble billboard, we should just do that. Can we do like just, a renegade a bubble, bubble session somewhere and just like you know how people do um 
like what is it where they flash mobs flash mobs yeah we could do like a bubble flash mob where we just plant it and attack an area with bubbles and just think about how many people that will make so happy and they'll be like what's going on what is this and we're like we're just fucking doing bubbles you know it would be cool (laughs) that's see that's the hard thing because i agree and We've just had experience where the bubbles do kind of congeal in one yeah. area. It gets kind of gross and ridiculous. Weather. But like it, uh, damp and cold mm. is good weather. Okay. So like not cold, but like going to uh, like Cannon Beach mm-hmm. on like a fall or a winter day is going to be the perfect okay. for bubbles because the outside of the bubble doesn't dry up mm-hmm. and if that dries up that's why it pops okay um so it was really cold and kind of moist on thanksgiving and so it's kind of perfect conditions but i feel like redmond town center would be cool because it's a second story oh so, so you could do somehow above. the only problem is that they have the the santa stuff going on right now mm. which could be kind of cool but like if there's bubbles everywhere well, it'll just seem like stuff. a part of that we need to do it in an area yeah. where it does it's out of we'll even doing it in like january or february or something yeah because they have that whole center area and getting like four machines Mm -hmm. putting one up in each corner and just like sending off bubbles into the center of this deal i would like to do it though in the city like somewhere like in a busy space where people are going to and from work and they're just like Mm, in their negative headspace and to just have like this joyous moment of bubbles all around them for no apparent reason i feel like that would be really cool okay let's do it manifest do it like redmond uh microsoft or something yeah or even downtown go to amazon seattle (laughs) (laughs) what's your uh next question there uh uh what do you do when you feel unfocused or overwhelmed Mm. i pretty much just freak the fuck out you do (laughs) (laughs) well i like that you're honest about that you do have a little mini meltdown (laughs) yeah i get i get really ADD and things mm-hmm. just take over and then I get overwhelmed because I didn't get my shit done mm-hmm. and then I'm like mm-hmm. yeah right but so we know you freak the fuck out but I think the more so is the question is like how do you pull yourself out of that space <laughs> rather than <laughs> diving in deep <laughs> drink a bunch of caffeine stay awake all night to get my stuff done you do not you don't even drink caffeine I know I was being sarcasmic oh do you have any go-tos that help pull you out of that unfocused overwhelmed state anxiety attack world Mm, breathing Mm. (laughs) it's amazing how easy it is to forget to breathe when you're just like stressed about stressed out about getting things done Mm -hmm. close your eyes which is basically meditation mindfulness in its own right Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah what about you what do I do when I feel unfocused or overwhelmed? Well, I'll go the route you did at first. So, yeah, I don't really freak out, but I definitely go into this. Um, I go more into an insecurity route hmm. where I start to worry about um, whether or not I can handle everything or whether or not I'm fit for the job or able to do things. And then that triggers my like anxiety anti-eating phase where I like can't think about eating food. I can't drink water. Like my system sort of shut down. And when I get to that point when I'm like, oh, when was the last time I've eaten? Oh, I can't eat because I feel nauseous because I'm overwhelmed or stressed or anxious. And that triggers something in my brain of like, whoa, 
get your shit together. <laughs> yeah. And so for me, it's just yoga. I mean, it doesn't even have to be yoga poses. It's like you said, closing my eyes, finding my mindful breath, maybe doing some like really like slow movement or stretching or, uh, I don't know, just some sort of physical connection of outside to inside, like what's happening. Cause usually it's in my physical body. That's how I notice it. I don't realize I'm overwhelmed and anxious until I've noticed that I've like stopped taking care of myself. I'm not eating, I'm not drinking. I'm like, why am I, why is my body not happy with me? It's like, oh yeah, I'm not taking care of it. Why am I not taking care of it? Oh, cause I'm feeling overwhelmed. And so then it like triggers me to look back at that. And so it's coming back to that mind body connection. I'm gonna move, I'm gonna breathe, I'm gonna stretch. Your mind, your body, and your soul. I'm going to take a bath. Self-care. General self-care. Oh, speaking of self-care, mm-hmm. today was self-care Sunday. Today was cool. We touched on it for a second early on, but yeah, it was a really cool combination. Yay, noise complaint. Yeah. It was, yeah. Good time. It was nice to see that many people show up for yoga at Monkey Loft who you could tell have never done yoga before. Yeah. Who are like, what? what's going on? What do I do? How do yeah. I do this? And during the poses where they have to like balance or do something new with their body, you could tell they were a little bit confused or orient- disoriented or overwhelmed. But like at the most important pose at the end when everyone's laying on their back with their eyes closed and I'm just like talking them through this kind of meditative place, that's where it doesn't matter. It didn't matter that anybody hadn't done yoga before. Like everyone can do that. Mm-hmm. Close your eyes, listen, go on a little journey. That's where the real work is done anyway. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I'm excited to do another one. It sounds like we're going to try to do this like three or four times a year. Yeah. Cool. For sure. What's your next question, homie? What is your favorite color? Just kidding. It's a Monty Python reference. Oh. <laughs> I need to watch more Monty Python because you yeah. reference it all the time. I'm like, I don't know. It's literally just about. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, okay. Yeah. Life of Brian, I don't really reference that much. Except for Wafer Thin Mint, Monsieur. <laughs> it's oh, no. I, I couldn't even know a bite. <laughs> see, I like your noises, but I don't. <laughs> and then he feeds <laughs> him the Wafer Thin Mint and then he literally explodes. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's delicious. It's messy. Um, what is your favorite failure? Oh, my favorite failure. What have you failed at that actually helped you the most? Interesting. I have a hard time with the word failure. Well, I mean, that's his point. Is like, what what didn't go as planned? Oh, well, a lot of shit. And you ended up <laughs> My learning... whole life. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say marriage. Failing at marriage a couple times taught me a lot about um, what I want in a relationship, what I don't want in a re- relationship. It taught me... Um, it showed me... W- my layers and layers of stuff from childhood that I needed to work through before I was a good partner for someone else. Uh, I would say when each of my previous marriages imploded, um, it was really easy to point the finger at the other person of like why it didn't work because they were these ways. But really with like time, I was able to look back and I see my role in the way those relationships didn't work and what my repeated kind of issues were that I needed to work through. Um, so I would say those failures taught me a lot. And that this third marriage, this is the one. Because I get it now. I get that it's that it's not your shit. It's 
it's a lot of it's my shit. I gotta work <laughs> on my shit, and I'm doing it every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. What about you? Do you have any failures that were like really eye-opening for you? Yeah, trying to become a music producer. Mm. <laughs> have you really tried though? I mean, kind of. But that doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't matter whether you really tried or not. Mm. Like I put in the time and the effort and built this space and thought that I would produce music and that I would be a that I would have traveled all over the world by now as a producer DJ Mm -hmm. and it just didn't work out but I now have a podcast it kept me home enough to be able to meet you it got me into yoga it got me probably balanced Mm -hmm. in a chaotic industry that might have taken me down a deep, dark rabbit hole had mm-hmm. I not found the balance first. And now I feel like I'm at a point where I can devote the time and energy to it if I choose to, that I could possibly be successful. Mm-hmm. But the the initial part, that initial failure was definitely Well, you tough. always talk about how you're such a man of extremes. You're so all or nothing. And so I'm curious if maybe if you had really dove like headfirst deep into the production rabbit hole early on if maybe that would have sucked you in you know what i mean mm-hmm. in not a healthy way yeah, like you were sure. saying they always talk about uh traveling djs it's really really hard and it's really taxing on your body and mm-hmm. there's a lot of mental health issues in the dance music world yeah yeah so it's definitely a possibility that had things gone According to the way I planned them, I would not probably be in a good situation and would have. So this failure has worked out okay. I like to do that because it's like, yeah. is it really a failure? Well, is and I agree. Change it's, of plans. It's definitely hard because, you know, in my brain, I was going to be making a ton of money and super rich and famous. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always the, the dream. And that definitely hasn't happened. I'm definitely not famous and I'm definitely not rich. So. Do you still think that's a dream? Yeah. Know. Oh, not my dream. Yeah. You said it's always the dream. It's definitely not my dream. Well, it's like <laughs> the American dream. What the American dream has become is yeah. essentially uh, have enough people know who you are that you can go places that you probably couldn't normally go if you weren't somebody. Yeah. And having enough money to buy the things that a quote unquote normal person couldn't afford. Right. Interesting. I just think of all the negative parts that come with that stuff. Oh, for sure. Like not knowing if people are your friends because they really like you or they just want something from you or um, people all knowing your business or watching you go to this height and then watching you fail or waiting for you to fail. My brain just goes to all the negatives. The grass is always greener on the other side. It's really easy to read about all the stuff that sucks about Mm -hmm. it. But you're talking about the super popular. True. Like there's a difference between being like well known and yeah. there's famous. Yeah. Like I don't want to be Justin Bieber and have every inch <laughs> of my life scrutinized to the nth degree. Yeah. But I would love to be somebody that people talk about in some way or another, you know. And maybe that reason is because you shit are Richard Branson mm-hmm. and you've become a like a mogul. a mogul in your own way and created different things and mm-hmm. you have your own <laughs> <laughs> airline mm-hmm. <laughs> like you can go anywhere in the world and you're knighted yeah like you know he didn't, you. he didn't get knighted because he was kim kardashian right like, you don't get knighted for just like having a bunch of money and having a tv show and being famous mm-hmm. but like 
for actually doing shit and being an influential individual in the world like that's what i want yeah i think that's a good goal yeah well maybe you're on your way i'm on my way uh what books have you gifted the most to other people Mm. i mean there's four of them that he posts here and i haven't read any of them oh that this guy's examples yeah Yeah. i don't know any of those letters from a stoic i think i would be interested in that or tau of seneca what books have you gifted the most to other people um probably tim barris tool of titans Mm -hmm. that book's fantastic i like it because it's a it's not a front to back cover to cover read it's a flip through and find some inspiration have you read it yet no it's really great so he basically takes so you know he does gazillion interviews all of his podcasts and stuff Mm -hmm. so he takes portions of those interviews and just has different chapters on different thought leaders and movers and shakers in the world everybody from musicians like cascade to you know politicians to um scientists to movement professionals in the fitness world and it's really cool to see some common threads between all of them and he actually takes a lot of that's what these questions are from uh the back of that book he takes a lot of these questions and asks similar questions to all of these people and it's cool to see one that you're aligned with some really great thinkers and successful people and then also to glean some inspiration from them i like it it's a yeah. go-to book and it's one that I can like revisit over and over when I just want to be able to sit down and be inspired. Yeah. What about you? Any books that you really like giving to other people or if you haven't gifted them, maybe more like books that are just like you recommend a lot. Well, I feel like anything by Malcolm Gladwell because mm-hmm. they're like short, quick, easy, interesting reads that are, um, that reference everyday individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some books that are kind of like high level or specific, and these are specific and high level, but any, also intriguing. Any titles of his specifically that really like jump well, out I mean, at like you? Blink people was are, one of the ones yeah. that really got people the most and kind mm-hmm. of made you think the deepest. Mm-hmm. And then add in, I don't know, there were several other ones like what was it Breaking Point, mm-hmm. um, Tipping Point, Tipping Point. Thank I you. love that one. Yeah, so there's definitely some some cool ones but that's kind of why i say anything by malcolm gladwell because mm-hmm. those kind of work out well the other one that's just on my mind is because i loaned it to jackson power of habit by charles duhigg because mm. my philosophy professor had me read that back in the day it was definitely like a good one when you talk about habits because it's easy to read about what you should do mm-hmm but you need to have that foundation first to know how to create a habit. Mm-hmm. And if you're unable to create a habit, then just because you got into something doesn't mean it's going to become habitual and it's right. going to become a daily thing that you do. It's just kind of like a... Is it one of those ones that recommends doing something for a certain period of time to create the habit? Or is it more of like these are steps in, in to ensure that it becomes I think habit? all the above. Cool. But it's been like a while that. since I've read it. I haven't read it since college. I like the technique driven type thing. It's one thing to read self-help jargon over and over yeah. and like, eh, it's super inspirational. Exactly. But like, I'm pretty concrete person in a lot of ways where I'm like, give me fucking tools. Like give, do this and then do this and do this. And then I can decide whether or not those work. But yeah, I like that. It's good stuff. I'll have to read that. I haven't read The Power of Habit. Yeah. Well, Jackson has it. <laughs> child. Got to get it back. Come on, child. That's good, though. I'm glad that you give them books to check out. Um, Wait, go back. What was the other one? 
Well, I got to close the pop-up first. Oh, pop-up. This is how do you ask better questions? Mm. What? I think that's a great question. Um, should I answer that first? How do I sure. ask better questions? Um, I ask better questions by being a better listener. By actually looking at the person and reading not just what they're saying in a concrete way, but like noticing their vibes, trying to like retain contact when there's a lot of like attention and jitteriness and like ADD going on. It can be really hard to um, ask questions that keep a person in it. And so I guess I try to like be a better listener, notice not just what they're saying, but like all the telltale signs of, of where a conversation is going. Yeah, because sometimes it can be really easy to to engage with somebody more so for yourself than to the benefit of them and just like yeah. be off on like what you want to say next or, you know, you're like already 10 steps ahead versus just staying really present in the conversation. What about you? How do you ask better questions? Yeah, I guess ask questions that are related to the individual. Mm-hmm. Instead of asking them questions that are related to you as an individual. Um, and then I think another way that from listening to other podcasts is um, telling stories before asking questions. Mm-hmm. So giving some sort of a personal experience that I've had with a situation um, and maybe how it's turned out. Mm-hmm. And then asking them if they've gone through something similar or what they would have done in that situation, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I haven't noticed that. I'll have to take that in. I like that idea. Did you say you got that from a podcast? Or? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yep. Something I need to do more. It's kind of the opposite, I would say, of how a lot of people do it. It's like you might say something that I resonate with and then that sends me into a story about myself. Yeah, but then but I've just made you, what you said about me. But but then you haven't uh, had the chance to open up, yeah. and you feel like you're you're being vulnerable right. by doing it. And so you may not, you may have a story that you want to tell. But you're mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I really want to be that vulnerable about right. that. But if I've just gone through and told you some embarrassing story about myself mm-hmm. and how I referenced that back to the question, then you're like, oh, okay, he just told a silly story. Uh, like I'm fine with I doing that now mean. too. Okay. So it's making your question more relatable and yeah. more. I don't know, open to being vulnerable. That it's a sharing space. Yeah. Rather than just you drilling someone else yeah. with questions. Yeah. Cool. I like it. That will, that's a good podcast tip. Podcast tips with Jordan. <laughs> What's our next question? What have you become better at saying no to and what approaches have worked for you? Oh my gosh, that's been a big one so for you've us. You've gotten good at saying no to absolutely everything. That's though. been a big one for us. But that's us, the thing yeah. is like when you're in, I guess everyone probably well, goes Well, it says what specifically. So what things have I become better at saying no to and what approaches have worked for me? Yeah. Um, socially. So like, yeah, in general, I've gotten really good at saying no to everything, like you said. But like socially, I have let the guilt go because... Um, and when I say socially, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to go to this person's night at Q or whatever. It's more like. <laughs> That's what I mean socially. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I mean the whole gamut of it. Like 
extended family, Thanksgiving, like all of these different things. I'm just going to go ahead and use Thanksgiving as an example. Um, I We are blessed to have extended family that is still with us and that are semi-local, you know, within a couple hours drive. But um, for whatever reason this year with all the craziness and travel and just – the dog and like a bunch of things going on. We decided as a family that the four of us, me, you and Jackson Bailey, we're going to have a nice chill night at home. We were going to make a bunch of side dishes and a chicken, not a turkey because that's too much work <laughs> and enjoy our side dishes and some family time and play some games. And we like decided that together and I felt good about that decision. But then that, the guilt kind of set in for a second where, um, are you with me? Sorry. That's okay. I was, I was, I was reading about the further stuff that he has on the questions. Okay. I don't want to talk to myself. So sorry. Continue. No, that's okay. No, please. Um, it felt really challenging to then address family members who were like, yeah. hey, can you come out? Or, oh, and then there was this little bit of guilt of like, oh, my grandma's getting old or, or I haven't seen you know, my dad in a while or face-to-face conversations with my parents who are literally right next door. But Uh even that, like I I felt like I could do in a little dose, but like ultimately I just really wanted our little family unit. We just got married. Like it's our first holiday as a family. And And like you said, we could just cook a single chicken and it fed all of us. And I didn't want to drive anywhere and I didn't want to share that with anybody. I just wanted it to be our thing. And that I felt bad saying no to other people but at the same time like that night when we were going around the table asking what we were grateful for and the fact that the first thing bailey said was like i am so grateful that we're having this type of thanksgiving this year like it just feels really good then i was like okay yeah that was that was a good decision and so i'm glad i said no to the other sweet offers and just stayed true to what I knew was important for us. And it worked out really well since poor blue, like mm-hmm. threw his back out the day before we couldn't yeah. have gone anywhere that day anyway. Yeah. So it just worked out well. I'm glad that we made that choice. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. What about you? Is there anything that you used to have a hard time saying no to that? that well, you're... you basically started off your answer by <laughs> talking small about my answer. Which is basically like saying no to friends at that are throwing their own nights yeah. for different events. I wasn't trying to talk no, that I know, down. I know, I was but just you're like that beyond yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm taking it back to that. Okay, cool. That's that's it for me. Is whether or not it's my friends throwing the show. Another big thing is you know when it's a big artist I want to go see, mm-hmm. or even not a big artist, maybe a small artist. But I'm still like I want to go see that person and support them. It's definitely tough to say no. Yeah. And in the past, I would definitely go do it anyway. So the second part of that question is like, what approach has worked for you? So how have you changed that dynamic? Do you say to people, no, I can't come out because, and do you like make something up? Like, oh, I have to work or are you just like, I just can't come out? Like, is there an approach that you take? Not, I guess, I guess the answer would just be the whole self-care idea. Yeah. Just being like, no, nah, I can't make it out tonight. Like, I've got too many other big things going on right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Which It's definitely a tough thing. That's It's one of the harder things for me in general. Mm-hmm. Like, you were saying how tough it was to say no to my parents to do anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I don't know. It's, it's difficult to say no when you get asked to come do something. You know, especially if it's like someone's like, you know, 
I'll put you on free guest list. Like, mm-hmm. just come out and support. Like, well, I mean, I would love to, but I went out to multiple things this week already, and mm-hmm. like, I just can't make it happen. Um, I don't know, but I guess you asked if I would just make something up, mm-hmm. and I think my approach is just being honest. Yeah. Rather than saying, oh, I've got to do this or I've got to do that. Just being like, hey, no, sorry, not in the plans tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, At least then they know Mm -hmm. versus being like, oh, yeah, I might make it out. Like, I might see you there. I don't like, yeah. And then you're like, well. I feel like Seattle's really bad about that. Like, when we put an event out, there's a lot of like, yeah, interested or, oh, yeah, maybe. Or, oh, yeah, I'm going to go. And then they like bail. Or they'll even like text (laughs) you about it and like, give me more details. You send more like, all right, they're totally going to come. Yeah. And they don't show up. Or people that will like message you that day about it and be mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'll see you there. And then they don't it show really, up. It really, like, all of it comes down to what was it, our 2017 intention that we set, which was for the year, which was if it's not a fuck yes, then it's a no thank oh, you. Thank you. No thank you. I think that that goes through our every event and every invite from social obligations down to friends, down to even work things. Like, it comes into that first uh process for us of is this a fuck yes and it has to be a mutual fuck yes and if it's not it's no thanks well that's why i was reading further into this when you asked if i was still with you because he says like hell yes or hell no mentality oh yeah (laughs) similar so it's a slightly different phrasing but still this like (laughs) ours is slightly more. it's either yes Mm -hmm. it's either like a resounding yes or it's a resounding no it's not kind of in between that wishy-washy non-committal yeah and then this guy has a rule either he does things for free or full retail no negotiations on price so i, I think like we kind of do that too mm-hmm. like today we i played my dj set mm-hmm. for free and i was like Donate i'm, I'm down to come play that yeah but then we got paid for our yoga yeah. because we were like that's something we can't really negotiate on price <laughs> that puts food on our tables yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it would be cool though to evolve our side business to being nonprofit. i think that's a goal for both of us is have enough uh steady income coming on that we can move some of these side projects into more of a not-for-profit like giving yeah. back to the community of sure. the yogic vibes yeah it's on our goal list uh, what that's funny rate the request on a scale of one to ten but you can't use seven why because <laughs> that's kind of that like wishy-washy yeah yeah i like it but it's rate your scale on a request of one to ten but you can only use one or ten <laughs> that's pretty much my mentality all or nothing uh scroll down what's our next question that's an interesting quote. People don't lose in various aspects of their life because they pursue a lot of bad ideas. They lose because they said yes to too many kind of cool things or ideas. That's exactly what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah. You got to be in it. You got to be in it and really feel it. Otherwise, uh, save yeah. your energy for something else. Well, and that's where for me, FOMO is huge. Fear of missing out. It says if you have FOMO, just try one of the above for a month at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yes or hell no. What is one of the most worthwhile investments you've ever made? Um, Yoga teacher training. Yeah, at the time for me, that was a huge chunk of change. And it felt like a big investment that um, back in that time frame, and even still currently, I guess, there's this idea that um, like – 
traditional education is the only way to get ahead and that you need to go have your four-year degree or whatever to be successful. And so doing a yoga training felt like a lot of money and a lot of time. And it felt like this kind of sort of frivolous investment at the time. And now it's paid for itself a hundred times over just in the way that I get to be as a human on this fucking planet and, and where I want to go with it all. I feel like it's totally been worth it. Mm-hmm. So what it says in there is that instead of spending $120,000 to go get his MBA at Stanford, he decided to invest $120,000 into uh, startup businesses. Nice. So he invested in the startups and, you know, if he had lost the money in the startups, he was like, well, I would have spent it on a business experience anyway. And yeah. instead I got this real world business experience and picked up how to start investments uh, or to do startups um, and then build his own network and everywhere. And this led to early stage investments in Twitter, Uber and Facebook. Crazy. So instead of going to business school to learn about business, he decided to go spend that money that he would have spent in the stock market and get real world experience. Nice. And so with yoga, it's like instead of going to college to get the job that people say you should have, mm-hmm. you went and learned how to teach mm-hmm. and how to portray who you are and yeah. speak from your soul. And that allowed you to get a lot more unique That was stuff. my college. I definitely did two years of college and just didn't, it felt like it wasn't taking me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just was not the kind of education that really like got me. <laughs> I didn't get it. I did well, but it wasn't like, yeah. oh, this is so inspiring or, oh, I, this, I'm, I know exactly what I want to go do with all this. It just felt like I, I was checking off boxes. I went through four years and didn't come out of it knowing exactly what I wanted to do with it. Yeah. You know, there's lots of opportunities. I learned a bunch of different stuff and I got, I mean, the biggest thing is I got a, a check that I, a, like a thing that I can check off. I mm-hmm. got a box checked that says I went to a four year university and who knows? And maybe in some way, literally that will come enough in handy that Mm -hmm. that gets me a gig that I wouldn't have gotten had I not had a college degree. Yeah. So it's, it's feasible. Now I could have always gone back and got a degree at a different time, but then Mm -hmm. that would have been four more years that I would have, or two or whatever that I would have had to spend later to get it. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy with it, but I would say the most worthwhile worthwhile? investment that I put is this. Mm, Putting together this space. Just being in this room, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, whether or not I've made it as a, producer i have this wonderful space that i'm able to come to and kind of have as my little like inspiration studio mm-hmm. where like i may not be making music the way i want to but i'm helping other people see their dreams through mm-hmm. and it's allowed us to create this podcast and hang out with friends and i've brought several people over to this studio to be able to show them this space i've created and i don't know it was, I mean, in, in its own way, it was like, it was my way to create a space that I could hang out with Dave. Yeah. And so like, that's been an interesting journey between the two of us and mm-hmm. you've come into it at a, a kind of a interesting time. But it was like, when you have a best friend that you want to hang out with, but they would rather sit on their couch and play video games than actually hang out Mm -hmm. and they don't want to come out to shows because they have anxiety about being out or they always just get drunk and you got to take care of them Mm -hmm. like it was a way to hang out where we don't have to 
don't have to entertain each other. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about specifics of what to do and who's bored. And it's just like you walk into this room and you sit down and you just start. It's a good space. Messing with shit. I like it. Yeah. And it's allowed us. So then the other investments that were like part of it, like investing in these mic stands and mm-hmm. the microphones and everything is not cheap, but I think it's it's a cool investment in us mm-hmm. and as another it's it's so many different things. It's marketing, it's engagement, it's fun, it's interactive, it's creative. It's Well, not everybody's going to sit on their computer and watch us on Facebook. Like some people want to go on to iTunes or SoundCloud and be able to listen to this while they're driving in their car or maybe not just you and I shooting the ship, but maybe when we have somebody like Darius on that they really look up to, but maybe they yep. haven't been able to connect with. Uh, so giving giving a space for that to happen, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I like this investment. Nice work. Ah, oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> how do you know if you should write a book? It's funny because we've definitely talked about yeah. writing a book several times. How do you know if you should? Yeah. And so I'll, I'll read the more stuff that I've kind of been reading a little bit deeper. Um, it says, ask yourself for the period of at least a year, can you make it a number one priority? Mm. And I think the answer is no. Yeah. Like right now, no. There's no way I could make my number one priority writing a book. I thought it was a different question. So at first I was like, well, everybody should fucking write, write a book. Why not? But I see what you How mean. Do you know so it's the if time you commitment. Write a book? Well, yeah. And then there's other specifics. If you put out a mediocre book, it's more of a liability than no book at all. Cost-wise, yeah. And then if you're going to write a book, write a fucking book. That <laughs> sounds like you know? me. Did I write that? You don't have to be a writer to write a book. You can even ghostwrite it. Um, if it's easier or less painful to get it out into the world than to keep the subject matter of the book inside and wonder what if... That's when you write a book. Mm. So I don't think we're to that last phase yet. Like uh-uh. I know you and I, we want to do something creative together in a way that is tangible, like a product that somebody can say, this is this cool thing that they created. I don't know if it'll be a book per se, but it'll be something tangible. Um, but I don't think we're to the point where it's like painful for us that we haven't done it yet. I think it's just more of a still in the in the background of thoughts. You know whose book I'm excited for is my sister's. Yeah. Is that because she's written some of it. Yeah. So she's doing her Faces of Fortitude project, which is sitting down with people who are survivors of suicide, either they have attempted or family members have attempted or lost. And um, and she takes these like really beautiful photographs of them and um, writes a little bit of their story, but more so it's less of the story that's being put out and more of like creating a space for people to really heal. And it's so cool that she's putting this all into a book and that her husband, Ryan, another awesome dynamic duo is helping write it and he's helping. So they're sitting down together and piecing it all uh, as a team. And I, I love that. And it, and she was never the type that was like, Oh, I want to write a book one day. Yeah. Or maybe she was, but I just didn't know that about her. It just literally like happened where over and over me, a bunch of people were like, you should make this into a book. You have all the content. She's like, I got to write a fucking book. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of like, we're not to that phase yet, but yeah. I'm excited to see what comes of theirs. And I think that'll just be another inspiring piece to all yeah. the puzzles. I have no doubt we'll write a book. Yeah. But what that will look like, I don't know yet. Yeah. Maybe it'll and be a children's book. 
I don't know about that, <laughs> but maybe. And it'll just kind of come down to a point of, like it said, for can we make it a number one priority? Yeah. And I think we'll get there. Mm-hmm. I think that'll totally be feasible um, at some point, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be really cool at some point to, like, depending on where things go, to, like, really hustle for a few years mm-hmm. and, like, stack your coins enough that you off. can, like, take six months and, like, go do a yoga teacher training abroad and sit down and spend some time trying to write a book like Mm -hmm. to really just you can still do stuff you can Mm -hmm. still like stay busy and do gigs and do events and whatnot but your number one priority is how to write this book I mean even like going on a who was it um was it Chelsea no who was who was that famous person that you follow the yogi that had a writing thing with her and free cookies Oh, Catherine Budig. Catherine Budig. Yeah. She did like that writing workshop that mm-hmm. was abroad. It was a it was a really great idea, actually. It was a oh. yoga retreat, but it also had a writing component to it because she loves writing. And so people who went on the retreat are either people who love journaling or who are trying to write a book or mm-hmm. want to write a book one day. And so there was like journaling time and like writing prompts and kind of workshops on that and then also like the yoga aspect and they were in somewhere beautiful i don't remember where yeah. but yeah that's kind of what i mean it's i like that idea like be cool to, to go do something like that i wouldn't necessarily want to facilitate something like that but be cool to go that's what i'm something. saying yeah yeah to help so, inspire us yeah, go find one of those sometime and take something like that that's where, a great idea but like you know go go do that first mm-hmm. and then try to spend a few months writing probably hit some sort of writer's block at some point and yeah. then go do like a 500 hour teacher training or something where you do another 300 hours of mm-hmm. like learning so you can almost like turn your brain off from having to be creative and instead you're turn your brain onto like the learning brain right and use that as kind of like more research phased like mm-hmm. delve deeper and kind of use that as a lot of know mental trying to figure out where it is you're trying to go well i know my sister and ryan when she first like said okay it's book time they went and like got a hotel room somewhere and they did a whole writing weekend where phones off like this is what we're doing and joe rogan talks about that too when he's writing up a new like netflix special or Mm -hmm. whatever he's like loves his kids and loves his wife but he's like i gotta go and he Mm. gets a hotel room and he just turns everything off and he writes um i think that's yeah. necessary sometimes too so it's i think it would be hard to really like get into that focused creative mindset when you have to do your daily shit you know your daily routine it might be a little bit trickier yeah. to make that happen what are some unusual habits you have um some unusual habits i don't know how unusual it is but when on the rare occasion that I use the microwave, I prefer to only <laughs> that's a great one. press the same the one button. So like one, one eleven one, one. or two twenty two. Yeah. So if something needs to be cooked for about a minute, like if I'm reheating, if I'm warming up some milk or something for my matcha latte, and I don't feel like using a steamer, I'll put it in and it'll just hit one 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 because like. I just want to press one button three times instead of going one and then zero and zero and then start. It's just annoying. So same thing. If it's like two minutes, I'll do two, two, two. Or if it's like 30 seconds, I'll do three, three. <laughs> it's a little bit weird. It's kind of weird. I didn't know it was weird, though, until you called me out on it. You're like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Because you're very direction driven. You're like, this thing says heat it for this long. And I'm like, what? no, I just want to press this button. Three times and that's close says enough. says heat it for 60 seconds and you heat it for 71. 
No, Why? not 71. Yeah. No, it would have to be 77. No. <laughs> Do you understand what 77 is if you're typing it in on a microwave? A seven and a seven. <laughs> <laughs> you can hit seven, seven seconds. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to do fucking math equations to, <laughs> to sort it out. But that'll make it a minute 14. I just want to no, say, sorry, but you're, minute, the whole purpose, I just want to hit one button. But I'm saying if you hit one, 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 <laughs> that's 71 seconds. I agree, but that's I didn't why I said type 71 seconds. Seven <laughs> that's why I said 71. I know. Oh, jeez. What else? You're messing Do I have any here. other weird habits? I don't know. I, you you would know more than I do. Well, that's kind of what I was going to ask you. I don't know what my unusual habits are. Do I have unusual habits? You got a few. That are habits? I mean, what? like quirk, quirky things that you do. I guess I, they have to be like conscious driven habits. I don't know. Kind of. I mean, he's just like, he doesn't use red ink for saying anything. He doesn't cheers with water or empty glasses. Interesting. The number 555 is lucky. I agree. 11-11 is more lucky, but okay. Uh-huh. Um, I think that you <laughs> are a very bizarre sleeper. Well, yeah, but that's not like a habit. That's not like, I don't I don't, I don't do that. It's hmm. just me when I'm sleeping. Yeah. You love to talk about my sleep habits. I'm not talking about it. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, habits. I don't know if there's anything super weird that I do. Yeah, I do I a lot know. of weird things, but... I'm trying to think of what, like, oh, regularly occurring. So, to me, this is weird because I've just never experienced it. But let's say there's, like, you're making a sandwich and you have an avocado and oh, you have yeah. mayonnaise and you Fuck have that. spicy mustard. You will get a different knife out for each thing. Yeah. Because you don't want... And I get I get the idea that you don't want to dip your knife in avocado and then dip it in the mayo. I get the cross contamination yeah. of it, but I've never witnessed someone who have three different knives for the three different spreading uh-huh. of the spreads. Like I would just have a paper towel or something handy or a sink and just like rinse it really quick in between. I wouldn't personally use a whole new knife. So yeah. I think that's an interesting, not unusual, but like a habit that I was like, what is he doing? Yeah. I know you're very particular about that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any other like OCD habits that you I You wash your hands a lot. I've, okay. So <laughs> like I've, I've really noticed that <laughs> I wash my hands so much, but I never used to. Oh. I never used to. What changed? Dog. Oh, yeah. 100%. Dogs just feel dirty. It's 100%. Yeah. Because his, like, whenever I pet him, my hands are greasy. Mm-hmm. They have this, like, film on them. So mm-hmm. It's just how dogs are. They, mm-hmm. Everyone who has a dog. It's the same way. And so, but I just don't like having that film. Mm-hmm. And so I always wash my hands. And then there's, like, grabbing his dog bowl or grabbing his dog food. It's kind of gross. Like, it's kind of slimy. And so it's, like, for me, it's just... It, it has become weird. Like I'm annoyed by how much I wash my hands. It doesn't go unnoticed. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm. Are your hands OCD getting dry? Like, Do you no. need like cream? Oh, no, because okay. I don't really wash them that much. It's I really like, don't wash them, them that much. Um, no, I mean, I I do like full on wash with soap. When you start to get rinse. to that rain man level or you're. See, in and there, I never like, will. Yeah. That's, that, that's the thing. It's not like this water. OCD compulsion. It's just mm-hmm. like, uh, there's something on my hands. And mm-hmm. like, like I don't. I don't like to, if I have something on my hands, 
I don't want to wipe it on my pants like you. <laughs> That's another habit that I would say is not unusual because it's a pretty usual thing. But if you like eat food, you just wipe it on your jeans. And I'm like, ah, I can't do that. I've gotten like, better about it. Yeah. I didn't notice that I did it. I think it's honestly a mom habit mm-hmm. because with the mom, you get used to like wiping your kid's face on your sweatshirt or like See that like is like, no for me like, right but there's times where your kids are fucking sticky and uh-huh. you have nothing that you can do for it so your clothes are expendable they become expendable the first time your baby spits up all over you or the first time they have explosive diarrhea out their pants and it's literally on your clothes and you're somewhere public and you don't have a change of clothes like, guess what? You're going to be gross and you're going to be dirty and you're going to go to the bathroom and you're going to try to scrub it off as much as you can. But like you get <laughs> over, you're like, no. Sounds awful. Fuck that. It will happen. That's what I mean. So oh, I think boy. once that happened, like me like having something in my hands and just like wiping it on my pant leg, it just became a habit. Yeah. Well, it's like the same thing for you. Like you'll you'll be like breaking open raw eggs to cook food with Uh and you'll take your hands and wipe them off on the hand towel that is going to be used for the next month or three weeks of just sitting there. And so like anytime you get any sort of food on your hands, you just wipe it on the, the, the towel Uh and then that towel sits there forever. Like I don't use those towels. I don't, that's why I have (laughs) my own ones. You were like, can you wash all the hand towels, please? Because when when you use them, you just like cover them with food. And it's fine, but like when I wash my hands, uh-huh. I then dry my hands, and I want my hands to be clean. <laughs> I don't want to use a dirty we, towel that has a bunch a of food all over it. Whole episode on each other's weird and unusual. Habits. Well, let's keep going with it. But so for me, it's like I love having cleanliness, and so if I wash my hands, yeah. I want to reach for a towel that I know only if I have used, and mm-hmm. I've only used it when my hands were. We should fully have one clean. that has a J embroidered. No, on. because then you have to use different ones. Like I don't want a special. Oh. Towel, and then after a while, you want to wash that towel anyway. Yeah. So it's not like I need some special towel on a special rack. Like there's, there's like two levels to it. There's like you that just there's a lot of things that you're like it's expendable. Yeah. I've had kids, I don't really care about them. And then there's me that like, I'm a very selfish individual, if you want to call it in that regard. Of like, I like my shit. It's my shit. Don't fucking touch my shit. Mm-hmm. And that's like from being in college and like living with roommates well, for and being like, almost 30 and not having to have worried about yeah. anybody but yourself up to for, this for me yeah. like my I things are my things normal. and i want those things to be my things and i can make compromises it's yeah. not that i can't make compromises but there are definitely things that are going to be an- annoying to me and mm-hmm. so overall it's like if you can I, like i don't need my own fucking towel with a j embroidered on it i just need a clean towel mm-hmm. a clean towel that i know isn't getting used to wipe up dog random piddles on the floor <laughs> because Ew, you're like yeah, I wouldn't do that <laughs> but you know what I mean yeah. just like to take it to the extreme of mm-hmm. like oh well, there's something dirty I'm gonna clean it up really quick and then put that back where the clean hand towels go yeah interesting yeah cool are there any other weird quirks that I have because that's definitely that was a good one you love to pick your body hair yeah you like to take your little pointery fingernails and like pluck yeah. a hair off of yeah. I've seen you do like it's, whole that's, patches of hair. That's the ape mentality. It's the it's super weird. I know. It's uh my I can't even sister, do it. I've tried to do it, and You're they just weakling. slide. It's not that you gotta be strong. <laughs> they just slide right through my fingernails. I know you gotta get it right, right the right points. Crazy. Uh, like my fingers. my mom and my sister were both that way about mm. different stuff. I know you and Bailey are that way about your eyebrows. 
well, have you seen these brows? Irregardless, <laughs> like that doesn't matter. Yeah. You and Bailey are that way about your work. facial hair. Yeah. And then, so my mom and my sister were that way in their own ways. And so I saw that. And as human beings, like human beings more than other apes are focused on doing what the people they look up to do. And mm-hmm. so we are learners by watching as humans. Like that is our modality. Mm-hmm. And so watching my sister and my mom do it and then adding on top of it the fact that they would do it to me. Yeah. So then I have these picking two you. things, yeah. these two people that are picking at me all the time. And so it just embedded this idea that like picking is normal and picking should be done and there shouldn't and then like I'm not an excessively hairy individual. Not I'm at a all. weirdly sparsed out. Like so when, when you I, do see hair, it's like, what is this doing here? Yeah. So hair it's is like, out of place. I don't have chest hair. Yeah. Like, I don't have to shave my chest because there's not hair there. But there are <laughs> several hairs that grow. But I would rather just pluck those hairs and Some random have it be clean. Ones. Yeah. It's like yeah. my face. I have pockets of no hair. My, everything just grows sparsely. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. You don't need to be super hairy. I don't want to be super hairy. <laughs> Fuck that. But I love this quote too. Normal people are just weirdos you don't know well enough yet. Agreed. Well, that's all the questions. Is it really? Wow, yeah. we cruised through those. Unless there are any more unusual habits you want to talk about. Not really. Do you have any other questions that you have for me that maybe those inspired? Otherwise, I'm okay with being done. I don't know. Is there anything you want to manifest? Since we've been using this space for other people to come in and like create. Well, this podcast was a huge manifestation in and of itself. Do you have any thoughts on where you want to go with this? Evolve it to? What do you, where do you want with the podcast, the podcast specifically? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I want it to go exactly where it's going. Mm-hmm. I want to continue to talk to more people. But I think what would be. What would be cool is to be able to bring in people from other states. People we ha- we don't know. People we don't know. Yeah. And that people want to be on the podcast because of the outreach that it has, the analytics that it gains. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now we don't have the analytics in any way, shape, or form to be able to <laughs> pull people or even to get sponsors. We and- have some awesome subscribers that do tune in every week. And we yes. love you guys. We love all of we you. We love you. But yeah, we need to grow that. I agree. Yeah. And so like, I'm okay with it. Like, but that's the Mm -hmm. thing. Like, I want to grow that normally. I don't want, you know, that's just in today's age. It's how quickly can you do something? How quickly can you gain new followers? I'm okay with growing slowly because as it grows, we're learning more and more and we're getting better at all of these things. And sometimes there's weeks Rome wasn't built in a day. Yes. It's like, it's the great quote that's like. I'm I'm totally okay with it, but I guess manifestation of like where I want this to go, it'd be cool to get a couple sponsors of mm-hmm. things that we actually really like and enjoy and can talk about, mm-hmm. and then to be able to get sponsors from out of t- or sorry not sponsors to get guests mm-hmm. from out of town that I think are influential individuals and would like to talk to. Yeah, I like that. And idea. I think I have I have a lot of work to do as an interviewer. Like if I get in the groove, things are good, but mm. getting in that groove can be difficult. Yeah. And that's what I'm learning as a DJ is like I'm finally getting into a space where I can get in the groove pretty mm-hmm. easily and not kind of stress before and stress going into it and like all the specifics. Like, n- like today I just kind of 
had a small playlist and hopped into it and killed it. Mm-hmm. And, but that took me seven years of DJing shows to really get to that point. And so we're we're brand new babies in the podcast game. Yeah, and so it's 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 always tough to see like we talked about building this studio and me wanting to be a traveling producer and feel like I could have gotten famous and whatnot. Like the best example is like, I would look at like Martin Garrix and you're like, Oh, you're 19 years old mm-hmm. and you're one of the top DJs in the world. <laughs> like literally like he's the top DJ in the world again this year, I think. And it's like, cool. That's really actually really cool. But it's easy to be like, oh, that young person got this done right away. Mm-hmm. In reality, there's a huge backstory to it. He like went through producing school, like dropped out of high school to go produce music as a profession. My other one is like to look at like Dax Shepard, mm-hmm. like Joe Rogan when he's doing his podcast, like took years started to from that. day one, yeah. like doing Justin.tv episodes, like live streaming, kind of like this before live streaming was a thing, mm-hmm. podcasting before podcasting was big, and then you have someone like Dax Shepard who has some sort of fame. And I think that's been a lot of podcasting world these days is people listen to the podcast because they they know the people. Yeah. It's probably why a lot of you guys listen is because... You know us. You know us. Yeah. And you want to hear what we talk about or you're interested or whatever it is. Um, or you like the guests that we have on. But someone like Dax is just like already popular, starts this podcast and just starts with like Blows what, Katie Couric? And then is married to Kristen Bell and has yeah. her on. And so just like the top tier people that he had right off the bat. And now he's just like traveling around doing this podcast thing like (laughs) like, i don't even know if he's in movies anymore no i think he stopped doing movies and producing i think he does a little acting and writing he's a writer as well but from what i can tell the podcast has become his full full time gig which is crazy crazy. would would you ever want that i mean we do so many other things like i'm not saying that you would ever give up music completely or yoga completely but like would you ever want the podcast to become your primary focus sure i mean i'd be down with any of those things to become the primary focus yeah me too the djing or the producing or the yoga or the podcast like whatever one takes off and keeps me the most fulfilled Mm -hmm. and then that can change and And that's what i like having is these like multiple options and routes that i can take should one feel like it's being a little bit much at the moment and mm-hmm. then being able to kind of siphon my energy into another one because I know like it's just the time put into those mm-hmm. like was Malcolm Gladwell wasn't he the one that said something about the 10,000 hours yeah that's highly debated but it's still the idea is like put in 10,000 hours into something if you want to master it mm-hmm. so it's like podcast wise like got to put in 10,000 hours yeah and other people do those 10,000 hours in a different way. But for yeah. us, it's a combination of different things. And yeah, still I would to love it. to do this more. I think part of it is, again, like you said, just honing our craft and being open and flexible. Like, you know, I'm on that hustle game nonstop to try to get people scheduled and in here. And a lot of times I'll have a bunch of people lined up and it's all great. And then we'll have schedule conflicts on usually on other people's end because we clear it out and we're like we're set on when they're coming in. But shit happens on other people's side of things and and. And so we have that like moment where we're like, all right, we don't have the guests that we were going to have today. Do we still work on the podcast? And do you and I just come and talk and answer Tim Ferriss questions or talk about something else that's relevant to us? Um, I think that is part of the work. And I'm glad that 
we're taking the time to do it. Because I know for you, it's a lot more enjoyable when you're not just talking to me. You talk to me all the time. Like you definitely like having a guest in here and agreed as much as I like talking to you. It's fun having the dynamic of somebody that we want to get to know or maybe that we don't know at all. Um, But there's something about us like learning to do this better that I think is really helpful. Yeah, I think it's tough. A lot of the questions that we get into, it's like, I know the answer you're going to give. You and I are just more attuned with each other than I've mm-hmm. ever been attuned with anyone before. So mm-hmm. it's like your answers aren't surprising to me. Right. So maybe we need to delve into different questions that are more along those lines of trying to <laughs> get into the deeper stuff. But these kind of answers, I'm like, okay. oh, yeah, I know what she's going to say. Well, let's turn this back on to Facebook now. So if you're still watching on Facebook, or if you're listening in your car, message us or go onto this thread. And what questions should we ask each other the next time it comes up that we need to have a uh, between the sheets episode <laughs> with Jordan and Antonella, no guests, just each other. Uh, what kind of questions should we ask each other? Um, what rabbit hole do you want us to go down? And what are some questions you think we could ask each other that we don't know the answer to already, or that would get us uh, interested or intrigued in what the other person has to say? Cause yeah, we do spend a lot of time to with each other. Yeah. So it's hard to keep each other guessing. I was just going to say that between the sheets idea, it's like we should almost do an episode of us just laying in bed. Okay. But we totally could with the ta- the task cam. It, it wouldn't be nearly as high quality. But part of what I was going to say too is that uh, in the future of this podcast, I would love to start recording it and I'd love to get some video going. Yeah. This is our first, well, this is our first attempt with But I want to do like it. multiple different camera angles, yeah. like set and something more up. More editing involved yeah, in that. Yeah. And I think it but... could be really cool. Mm-hmm. Um uh, which wouldn't work if we were in bed. Kind of, I guess. I mean, I guess it really. could. Will we not be clothed? Really. I don't know. It's up to you. For between the sheets. Oh, interesting. Uh, that's what I'm surprised Dak Shepard hasn't done is any sort of filming. They do their live one. Yeah. But which I guess is, you know, an even better idea. Well, you said Joe films his, but I've I've never sat down and watched any of Joe Rogan's. I know podcasts. a lot of people do. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of people sit and watch it. It's amazing because I totally agree, but he'll have like 2 million views on his Facebook wow. videos of it. Um, some people just like to watch it. They get to see who the guest is. And a lot of people have, you know, YouTube Red or whatever where they'll have the video on in the background. Mm-hmm. So they're still listening to it on a podcast maybe, but if they're walking around. and kind Well, of- this is a good test run. We'll see if anybody watched this Facebook video and we'll see if it's still even recording. I can't see my phone from here, so I have oh, no yeah. idea if it's still even on. Fingers crossed. That's funny. If not, you can always go on to iTunes or SoundCloud and listen. Yeah. <laughs> We're about an hour, 15 minutes into it. That's and, perfect. Uh, I'm down to go Call hang out. Yeah. All right. I'm tired. Okay. Let's go snuggle our doggo. Well, this has been episode one of Between the Sheets with Jordan <laughs> and Antonella. Do we need a theme song for Between the Sheets? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love you. Okay. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Gravity Lift Podcast with Jordan and Antonella. If you like our show and want to find more, check out our website at gravitylift.space. And when you get a sec, please rate and review us on iTunes to help us spread these vibes far and wide.